It's Calgary's podcast on the Canada's Podcast Network. Hello, this is Bonnie Elchi coming to you today with Calgary's podcast, a member of the Canada's Podcast Network, where we talk to the entrepreneurs who are making it happen here in the city of Calgary, Alberta. Ken Vinji is the president of Equation Staffing Employment Solutions, a Calgary-based firm offering staffing and recruitment services and connecting candidates with temporary, contract, project, and permanent employment opportunities. Ken has a 32-year career in the Alberta staffing industry, having worked both in Edmonton and Calgary. He is a native Albertan and played minor hockey in both Edmonton and Calgary, as well as for the Calgary Canucks and Calgary Wranglers before attending the University of Calgary to study business and continue playing hockey. In 2008, he completed his Master's in Business Administration through Athabasca University. Welcome to the show, Ken, and thanks for taking the time to be here today for all of our listeners. My pleasure, Bonnie, and thanks for inviting me. I'm wondering, Ken, can you tell us a little bit more about yourself and your career and how Equation Staffing came to be? Yeah, for sure. Um, back when I was um, going to university in the early 80s, a friend of mine, a connection through hockey, had asked me if I was uh, interested in a part-time job. Of course, being a starving student, I jumped at that opportunity and went to uh, went to work part-time uh, while I was going to school for this uh, locally owned and operated staffing company. Uh, to make a long story short, I worked there for about four or five years. When I was finished university, I had a opportunity to go overseas and play hockey. And at the same time, uh, this company offered me uh, an opportunity to move to Edmonton and start their staffing business there. Uh, I, uh, I foolishly uh, quit my hockey career and trucked off to Edmonton to start that business. And I've been in the staffing business ever since, as you say, 32, 33 years all here in the Alberta marketplace. And so when did you start Equation Staffing and what inspired you to to start that business? Yeah, it was quite a journey. So we went to Edmonton, uh, my wife and I, she was my, uh, not my wife at the time, but I knew that was going to be uh, something I'd have to rectify very quickly. So we moved to Edmonton, started that business and we were shareholders and we lived in Edmonton for about 15 years. Yes, we did cheer for the Oilers, so you know Mm -hmm. that against us. We uh, we lived there and were shareholders in that business and created that business for about 15 years. Um, as uh, as always happens in life, things evolved very quickly. Um, around 2002, 2003, uh, it necessitated a, uh, a move back to Calgary. Uh, we ended up selling our shares in that company, moving back to Calgary, and we worked. Uh, I worked uh, for another local staffing company from about. 2005 to I think it was 2014, and then uh, left that uh, organization. Took a little bit of a break, and then some colleagues that I'd worked with for a long time. We got together and decided, you know, what was next in our lives, and we came up with the idea to form our own staffing company. And really, it was uh, that was the inspiration behind Equation. It was. Uh, four really good people, and they were pretty good friends and really good colleagues coming up with the idea in um, would have been uh, February of 2017. And uh, from that came the idea of an equation. We uh, rented some office space, engaged a 
marketing and advertising company to come up with uh, the brand and the logo. And a year and a half, almost two years later, here we are. And so that was not an easy time to start a business in Calgary. <laughs> um, and that's an understatement. But did you need financing to start your business? Or, or how did you pull it together from the financial perspective? Yeah, really good observation. I mean, some uh, some friends and some business acquaintances, uh, you know, said to us, uh, really, do you think this is the right thing to do? Alberta was experiencing about 7.5-8% unemployment. Wasn't a huge demand for employees. Uh, businesses were downsizing. So, yeah, I think quite people were questioning our uh, our logic and our rationale. And with that said, uh, we knew we had great people and we knew we could offer a, a great product. So we forged ahead. As they say, uh, fortune favors the bold. Of course, with that, as most businesses, if not all businesses, have a need to finance, uh, we certainly had that same requirement. Uh, we were fortunate from the perspective that we've been able to finance it ourselves, which, uh, given the marketplace the last couple of years, uh, is probably a very good thing going out to uh, two lenders and two banks and financial institutions looking for financing these days would be a very difficult endeavor given the economic climate that we're in. So far, we've been able to uh, take care of capital ourselves and uh, and grow the business at the same time. So that's been positive. What is your long-term vision for the business? Do you want to expand into other markets or where do you see Equation staffing five years from now? Yeah, good question. So the Alberta marketplace in terms of the staffing industry is about a $2.3, $2.5 billion a year business uh, industry, even, even in this current economic climate. So we look at it and say there is, there's tremendous opportunity here in Calgary. We have customers in Edmonton that we provide services for in Red Deer and Lethbridge uh, in Fort McMurray. So our goal right now is to get uh, a fair share of the market here in the Alberta industry and the Alberta economy. Um, I would say our, our five-year goal is to achieve $10, $15 million in sales, offering that variety of services that we do, which are uh, staffing services, recruitment, uh, process outsourcing, um, contract payroll, and contractor management. So for right now, our five-year version, uh, vision is to grow in the Alberta marketplace, really establish ourselves, gain our fair share of, of, uh, of market share, really grow our client base. That's the focus right now. Okay. And so what do you see as being the biggest benefits for being an entrepreneur in Calgary? What have you observed over the years or experienced in terms of growing business here? Well, it's uh, as I think most Albertans know, certainly Calgarians know, it's a challenging uh, economic and political environment we're living in right now. And that's part of the fun, you know, really being able to uh, come into work on a daily basis and positively influence uh, our colleagues and our field associates and our clients, truly making a difference to them, uh, working hard on the things that we can control and, and really uh, paying no uh, regard to the things that are out, of our, are out of our control, which is a whole bunch of things these days. But focusing on those things, we can move forward, uh, working hard, being a good uh, corporate uh, citizen and, and uh, being very positive in, in what we do every day. And that's, I think that's the biggest thing that we find as a challenge in this marketplace is to continue to be uh, hopeful and continue to be respectful of all that's going on, but also having that steadfast belief in yourself that you will be successful. Fortunately, I'm blessed with uh, some great colleagues uh, that I get to work with on a daily basis, and they inspire me to just those things, being a, being a good employer, being a good colleague, 
and being a good corporate citizen. Those are the biggest challenges we see on a day in and day out basis to maintain our positive attitude and keep moving forward. And so for you personally, Ken, where do you go, like within Calgary or, or maybe in the surrounding area, when you want to get inspired? Do you have a special place that you like to go locally to recharge or even just to think about your business? Yeah, that's a good question. So we've been fortunate uh, to live our whole life in Alberta. And as we know, there's some great places around Alberta to go and visit. So we enjoy the mountains, we being my, uh, my wife and my son. So we travel a fair amount in, in Alberta and get to see places like Jasper and, of course, Banff in our own backyard. And uh, we do like to ski and we're, we're outdoors people. So we'll go there either as a family and or with friends. Uh, most of our friends are uh, small business owners. So there's some great energy and tail, uh, tail telling with them and sharing of experiences. And so they certainly help both my family and my close group of friends and colleagues and business owners help to inspire me and kind of recharge me and get me enthusiastic again about the business. And, you know, they really do remind you that this isn't, uh, it's not supposed to be easy. There's a, there's a certain uh, rhythm that comes with this and there's going to be ups and downs and it's all part of the process. So it's interesting to see them and hear them say those same things. And it reminds me that it's, um, it's a long journey. And uh, as long as you're, you've got a good attitude and you're moving forward, you, you will be successful. Well, and let's talk a little bit more about some of the things that get you motivated as an entrepreneur. So what does the first hour look like for you in the morning? Do you have a ritual or routine that, that helps you get you motivated for the day? Yeah, that's a good question. I'm, a, I'm a certainly an early, uh, early morning person. I like to get up uh, pretty early. I won't tell you uh, what time. Suffice to say, it's early in the morning. I do like to uh, come to our office. We're fortunate in that we have um, fitness facilities here. So I'm, uh, I'm in our gym pretty much on a daily basis, trying to uh, keep myself as healthy as I can be, uh, both for my family and for our business. And, and I would also say mostly for myself, so I can be the uh, best version I can be. So that takes up the first hour of my day. And then I'm usually at my desk by uh, 7, 7.30 and uh, waiting to, to greet the day. Our business is, uh, as you can imagine, is something that is certainly morning dominated. We do a lot of our work in terms of client appointments and employee appointments and interviews from eight in the morning till noon. So that's a busy time of the day and I like to be here and see what's going on, keep my pulse on, on the activities during the day. And, and, uh, and uh, that's pretty much my morning routine. The afternoon I can, um, can be a little bit slower but there's always stuff to do, so that'll keep me busy. And I like uh, our son is 13 years old, and I'm heavily involved in his activities. So I do like to slip away maybe a little bit early on uh, most days to be involved in uh, his activities, whether it's school or baseball or hockey and those kinds of things. So it is a busy day, but I enjoy it, and, and I do enjoy the routine of it. I'm curious, do you have any books that you have really enjoyed either and are currently reading or have read in the past that you'd recommend to other entrepreneurs as ones that you found to be inspiring? Yeah, that's a good question. So uh, I would say on my, uh, on my Nate table right now, you will see uh, Steve Jobs' autobiography, uh, and that is an interesting read, along with, uh, I just finished... Um, uh, Jeff Bezos's book on uh, on Amazon that is a tremendous read. Um, one of the one of my most enjoyable reads is a book called Lessons in Leadership. I 
I believe it's Sir Ernest Shackleton, and he was an explorer. And I find that fantastically enjoyable in terms of uh, simply reminding us what qualities are required uh, to be a successful leader. And and um, I'm, a, I'm a typical uh, Albertan in the sense that I have probably about 25 hockey books that I uh, move back and forth from. So I uh, I have quite a quite an array of uh, books that I'm reading, and I usually have two or three on the go at any given time. And like we said earlier, there's there's lots of lessons that you can take from sports or from hockey and apply them to the business world. And and it sounds like you've done that over the years. Yeah, for sure. I think one of the the, the biggest things that any kind of sport teaches us is how to work with people and that there are a multitude of personalities within any environment. And really, as a, both as a teammate and certainly as a leader, as a coach or mentor, uh, you have to figure out a way to work with all of them to row your boat in the same direction. And that uh, that is no small feat. Uh, hasn't been a, an easy thing to accomplish in the past 30 years. And it seems to get more and more complicated uh, the older I get because you have more and more people, more and more uh, ages of people are, are differing. So we'll have more and more uh, millennials in the workforce combined with uh, older people like myself. So trying to get all of those people on the right page and uh, moving your, your business in the same direction is no small feat. And those are certainly some of the skills that I learned, uh, um, you know, growing up in, in minor sports. I hope they uh, serve me well today. And in terms of, of business tools, Ken, are there any that you like to lo- use on a daily basis just to help keep your business moving forward and collaborating with your colleagues? Um, we're, we're, I would say we're pretty typical, Bonnie. We have uh, all, the, all the standard uh, tools you would imagine uh, in, in the workforce and the workplace, that being uh, you know, Microsoft Office products. We have our own temporary staffing or staffing software that we utilize pretty aggressively and pretty enthusiastically. Probably the biggest tool that we use, and, and maybe that's a bit of a lost art today, uh, the way that we're organized is we have the advantage of being able to see each other on a day-in and day-out basis and simply engaging in conversation. We're a small company of seven people, and uh, we do get to engage in very high-level conversations on a daily basis, and we're in close proximity. And I would say that's a tool that we've really been able to use to be successful. Uh, we're very quick. Uh, we're very responsible uh, to each other. We're very engaged in each other and in our success. And, and that's a tool I would say that's perhaps that face-to-face conversation and engagement is maybe something that's gone by the wayside a little bit, given all the other um, uh, technological tools that we have at our disposal. And those certainly fit a, uh, fit a place and fill a void and help us be uh, more responsive. But uh, I, I think one of the things that's really helped us to be uh, responsible and move our business forward is that face-to-face communication and responsibility and engagement. I think that's one of the things that we use as a, as a difference maker, not only for us internally, but for our candidates and for our clients. We, uh, we do enjoy that face-to-face piece, that relationship building piece, and, and that's one of the things we're counting on to be successful. I'm going to uh, shift gears on you a little bit here, Ken, and ask you, um, if you weren't doing what you do now, what would you like to do for a profession? Oh. Well, what a good question that is. I think I would be um, something like a teacher or I might, uh, I probably would be uh, coaching hockey somewhere. 
at, uh, at perhaps the uh, minor level or coaching um, junior hockey or perhaps coaching uh, professionally, assuming that I could be that good. But yeah, that's a, that's a good question. It's funny how the older we get, some of those kinds of things come come down our uh, come to us in terms of uh, alternatives. I've had the opportunity to, to teach a little bit and to coach a little bit, and I've tremendously enjoyed uh, those opportunities, whether it's with uh, school-age children or whether it's with athletes. That's uh, certainly something that uh, has been awakened in me in the last probably 10 or 15 years. It corresponds with uh, our son uh, being born and getting involved in school and getting involved in minor sports. So, yeah, that's probably where I would be. And if you were to turn that around, what would be the one kind of job you just absolutely would never want to do? (laughs) I would not want to be in some kind of uh, corporate bureaucracy where you were simply coming in and, um, uh, you know, working an eight or nine hour day and not truly engaged in the business and engaged in your your colleagues and engaged in in all the other stakeholders that influence a business, whether it's uh, financial, whether it's banks, whether it's your clients, whether it's the community. You know, um, I I wouldn't want to be a person that's only engaged on on one level within a business. Whatever reason, I find that need to be involved in all components of it. I enjoy that piece of it and enjoy uh, trying to put all the pieces together to uh, hopefully enable the business and the people really is what it is about enabling them to be successful. And in business, do you have a favorite word or quote or sentence that you like to use or share with your colleagues from time to time? Uh, Yeah, I do. And they probably do get sick and tired of hearing uh, listening about it. Oh, and it reminds me of one of the other books I do enjoy uh, reading a lot. And it's Jim Collins' book called Good to Great. And within that, and I'm going to paraphrase a little bit, but, you know, he talks about hiring great people, getting them on the bus. And then once you've got them on the bus and, and he's making a metaphor to your business, get them seated in the right position, in the right seats, doing the right things. And what we've adopted uh, here at uh, Equation, and we say quite a bit, is um, hire great people, give them the tools they need, and then get the hell out of the way. Good advice. <laughs> and so if you had to pick a couple words to describe yourself, what would they be and why? Oh, my goodness. What would they be? I would say um, committed, uh, loyal. To be in business these days, as we've already talked about with the economic conditions they are, you need the qualities of uh, uh, perseverance and a steadfast belief in yourself. Yeah, those would be the those would be the main qualities or attributes. So, as an entrepreneur, Ken, are there certain things that that sometimes keep you up at night, or that you worry <laughs> about? Um, you know, in terms of your business and and I guess you know being successful in it. Um. Yeah. Good question. I mean, uh, it certainly seems in Alberta today and in Canada and, and perhaps even the world, there just seems to be more and more uncertainty. Uh, with all the things that go on, uh, you know, we're connected in so many ways to, oh, to the economy, to the uh, political environment, to what happens to us uh, south of the border and, and really in places like China. And so that can keep you awake at night thinking about, you know, what that's going to mean for us, both in the short term, the medium term and the long term. 
And, you know, I would say uh, what we've done and what I what does keep me awake at night is not so much focusing on those things that I can't control, but really just focusing on the things we can control within from within. What can we do better every single day to be the best version of our company and be the best version of us? That's what we focus on. And when I when I boil it down that simplistically, um, I, I can say I can uh, uh, go to sleep every night pretty at ease with what we're doing and how we're going about it and trying not to pay too much uh, attention to those things around us that we really can't influence. So we really try to just stay focused on what we can influence and what we can uh, uh, move forward and keep it simple that way. And, and we rest easy that way. There's always more work to be done and, uh, and, and uh, more things we can improve on, but we keep it pretty focused that way. Thinking about, you know, positive things and, and maybe mm. what your own personal goals are, do you have, can you share, um, you know, three things that we'll call are on your inspired life list? So not bucket list, mm-hmm. but your inspired life list and things that you hope to do in the future. Oh, yeah, good question. Certainly, certainly the, the first and foremost we have right now, um, and I would say, actually, there's two things, and, and it's a personal and, a, and obviously a professional. Obviously, building the business, we want to continue to grow the business, make it just an absolute number one agency, staffing agency within Alberta for clients, for uh, our candidates, for our field associates, for our internal stakeholders, and for the community, really being a great corporate social citizen. Uh, that's certainly the, on the professional side, the most important. And then on the personal side, just being... Um, the best uh, father and best husband that a person could be, keeping your eye on what's important on, on the personal side and, and making sure that we're not ignoring that. It's easy to uh, to uh, take your eye off of one or the other. And so it's difficult uh, in, in this world to be really good professionally and be really good personally. So those, those are certainly important to me. Um, and then I think uh, the third thing is I would love to um, become more involved in the community. Uh, back to what we asked, uh, what you were talking about earlier in regards to coaching and or teaching, maybe perhaps getting involved with uh, organizations like Junior Achievement, that would be important to me as well. Great. Well, can we have a lot of international listeners? And so I'd like you to answer this next question with them in mind. So if you mm. were to imagine that you were starting all over again and you just moved to Calgary, but this time you didn't know anyone what would you do and how would you start all over again as an entrepreneur? Good question. I would, uh, so I would assume that I'd have an idea as to a business. And then I would, uh, first thing I would do is reach out to some of those businesses that could be competitors to ask for some help and advice. Even though people might be apprehensive to do so, reaching out to a competitor, what I found uh, for the most part in my business career is there are uh, there's no end to the number of people and organizations that will help you. There's only one thing important you have to do, and that's ask. So I would I would reach out to those those people and and start to engage in conversation with them. I would approach places like your local chamber of commerce, banking institutions, university education institutions. Uh, you would start to call a, a group of friends that you would want to bring into that into that circle and, and really pick their brains and ask them, be courageous that way in terms of asking for help, letting them know what you want to accomplish and really asking and engaging them 
for their feedback and viewpoint in terms of, uh, you know, building as much information that you can and, and getting as many different uh, viewpoints as possible, all with an eye towards helping direct you in terms of what's, what it is exactly you want to do. That takes some courage, right? Because to ask someone for help, they may say no, uh, but they also may say yes. And you'll be surprised at how many people are, are truly vested in helping someone, you know, be a better version of themselves and, and build something that's, uh, that's important to the community. Yeah, I think that's great advice. Sometimes we just need the courage to ask for help, right? Or, yeah. or to, mm-hmm. to go out on a limb and, and reach out to somebody that uh, we know could, could offer some really valuable advice and insight. So thank you. So this last question that I have for you, Ken, is a hypothetical question. And we ask all of um, the people that we interview on, on the Canada's Podcast Network this question. Imagine there's a small tropical island just off of Fiji that has one phone booth. There's no internet. There is nothing else in terms of technology. So we're going to drop you off there. And you're not going to have a computer, smartphone, or tablet, or any of those things. You can use the phone booth located there at any time to call the boat, and we'll come pick you up. How long do you think you would last before you made that call? And what would you do while you're there? Oh, my goodness. How long would I last? Now, what a great question. And it's just myself. So my family's not there. It's just yourself. I, I think I would be, um, I would be, it would be kind of somewhat enjoyable from the perspective of really uh, being there with yourself, which we don't uh, get much time to do anymore these days, given all the ways that we connect. Um, it would be uh, enjoyable to spend time with yourself and really learning, uh, reconnecting with yourself to figure out what, what it is truly you're about and exploring the island and doing some enjoyable things like swimming and snorkeling and, and, and you know, being somewhat of a, a pioneer, I suppose one might say. So that, that I could see that being somewhat enjoyable. What would always draw me back uh, would be that connection to my family, of course, uh, wondering how, how my son is doing and, of course, how my wife is doing and how friends and family are doing that way. That would be, that would be something that would, uh, you'd always want to know what was going on. And as well, I'm sure they would want to know what, what's going on with me as well. So that's a, that's a great question. I think I could probably handle a couple of weeks, perhaps a month, before I made a phone call. Uh, but then I would want to reconnect with my family that way. From a business perspective, I would feel very, uh, very comfortable uh, that the business would continue on uh, without me. We've, I have great colleagues here. I've got a great business partner that they know exactly what they're doing and they would continue to make just great decisions and move the business forward. And I wouldn't have any issue with that. I think I would, my weakness, if you will, would be that connection to my family. I'd want to know what's going on there. Well, and I think we can all understand that. So um, just as we wrap things up today, Ken, I'm wondering, is there anything you'd like to add before we um, sign off on our interview? Do you have any final advice you would like to give to entrepreneurs? Um, yeah, you know, it's, uh, it's uh, I would go back to the age-old adage, you know, fortune favors the bold. Um, if you've got a great idea, uh, what better time than now to go for it and try? Alberta is a, a tremendously entrepreneurial place. You'll find support in many different corners, uh, many different organizations, many different people. Again, back to what we talked about a little bit before, you have to just ask for it. Be courageous, 
go out there and make it happen. I think I've always held fast in the belief that there's two kinds of people or organizations in the world. The first kind wait for things to happen. And the second kind are the ones who make it happen. If you're an entrepreneur, you're, you're used to making things happen. So go make it happen. Well, Ken, I think that's a great piece of advice to uh, end our interview on. Thank you so much for being a guest today. I know I've learned a lot from you, and I'm sure our listeners have as well. So thank you. Well, my pleasure, Bonnie. Thanks for having me today. I've enjoyed, uh, I've enjoyed the conversation. Hey there, it's Bonnie Elgie. Thanks for taking the time today to listen to Calgary's podcast on the Canada's Podcast Network. We hope you enjoyed the show. Make sure you sign up for our newsletters. And if you have a minute, please write us a review on iTunes. You can connect with us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn at Canada's Podcast. You can also check out what other entrepreneurs are doing across the country. See you next time.